This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? So today, we're like, we're in the thick of it right now in January, going back to school and homework. Ugh, I know, right? It was a nice couple of weeks when there was no schoolwork. Yeah. Now it's like, um, in our household, my my kids pretty much maintain their own schedule and also being in a uh, divorce household, so like you know, we have that they're with me one week and they're with their dad one week. Mm-hmm. I always just have to, I have to trust that they're doing it. But I get that ang- that anxiety all the time. That okay, hopefully we're getting our homework done. Yeah, like I honestly, I don't even check in on my kids if they're doing their homework. Uh, because you know we're in a good good routine, and one of the things that No Guilt Mom teaches is we we teach kids how to do homework. And so if I and my family I didn't practice what I preach, I think I'd be kind of I'd be a hypocrite there if I didn't say that homework was not like it's not a struggle in our house. We have our times. I mean, you've seen it during virtual learning. There right. are there are times where you know either kids are too hungry or there's a lot of frustration revolving around like some subject, especially during virtual learning with technology. Like there's some technology issue usually with my son's computer. Oh, yeah. And it's full blown fire kitty. Oh, yeah. IT problems are a huge issue there. But I mean, like, and I'm even thinking back to like when my, because again, disclaimer, my kids are in middle school. So their need for help from me is a lot less than it was when they were younger. Yeah. But I just, it was so much work. Like I, uh, um, I posted a meme on the no guilt mom page over the weekend about just like the frustration and trying to keep them focused on schoolwork and oh my goodness I remember those days they are so strong in your memory especially with elementary schoolers with elementary schoolers and I have never experienced that 
for the most part. Oh, goodness. God bless you. (laughs) It's not. And I have to say, like, it's not my kids at all. It's just that I think it's a different mindset when it comes to homework, especially on the part of the parents. And it's something that I can like if you right now are struggling with keeping your kids focused during homework, this episode is for you because we are going to shift your mindset about what you can expect from your kids homework routine and how you can take that pressure off yourself and put it back on your kids where it belongs. So this is a phenomenal episode and we cannot wait to share these tips with you. This is brought to you by our online parent event, Homework Simplified. So if you feel like it's only you trying to get your kid to focus and you are fighting every day about homework, come and join Homework Simplified. It's our free online parent event where you'll meet other parents and we, me and Brie, walk you through our proven strategies to simplify your homework routine. It starts for reals on January 25th, but you can sign up anytime you like at No Guilt Mom mom.com backslash homework dash simplified and there's a link in our show notes you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it we're going to help you delegate and step back Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. So Brie, okay, that meme you posted on noguiltmom.com. Uh, the Facebook page mm-hmm. about homework and getting kids to focus. It was like, describe that for us. Describe the comic. So it was basically the kids saying, oh, I don't like schoolwork. This is so hard. And the parent goes, if you would just focus for a little bit, we could be done in 10 minutes. And then the next slide is like, two unfocused hours later, the child's going, I hate life. And the parent's like, yeah, join the freaking club, kid. I think that's so like that. It's so such a good example of what's happening everywhere in households. Like, yeah. And I think every parent can definitely empathize with that. Right. And reflecting back on it, that I totally remember like, and again, that was me when my kids were younger. My kids are one year apart. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're one year apart in school, which means I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting and it was only me doing homework at home at, after school. My my uh, husband wasn't around at that time. And I felt like it was all on me, that it was all my responsibility to make sure that they got it done. And so if they weren't focusing, if they weren't getting it done, I was like, come on. Tension back over here. And that's what I feel a lot of parents are at. Like that's where they are right now. That the focus is like all on you. You feel like it is your job to get the homework done and nobody else's. But we're going to shift that around a little bit and we're going to tweak that because that was me as well in right when my daughter started kindergarten and I had just had my son like he was born a week before the new kindergarten school year started. I remember this yeah he was born a week like I, I had him via c-section and I remember like my daughter was starting school and me having been a teacher I'm like I want to go to meet the teacher so I had like these stitches and scars in my belly from uh the procedure and you're walking nice and slowly I'm sure like I <laughs> insisted step. on going to meet and like he was strapped to my chest It was like 115 degrees outside. I was sweating, but I'm like, I'm going to be there. Uh, And then my daughter brought her first homework pack at home and it was just tears. Like I remember her 
just crying about it. And she was so tired from school and me trying to refocus her like it was not working. Well, okay. And I'm just going to add in this for all of us moms out there. We get this trying to do this right after having another baby. Oh you have gosh. no sleep and no energy. There was no sleep. <laughs> oh my there was Lord. no sleep, no energy and homework. And then my daughter was like flinging herself on the couch and being like, I'm so stupid. I can't get this. And so then your heart drops even more as a parent. Right. And you're like, Chris is to homework. This shouldn't be <laughs> mandatory for kids. I mean, like all the thoughts were going through my head. And uh, I had just finished my like my year as a fifth grade teacher and I had taken that year off. And I thought to myself, I'm like, why is this so hard? Like I am a teacher. This I never went through this with my students in the classroom. Why is this happening here in my home? And so I really had to think, I'm like, well, how do I motivate kids in the classroom? And how does all of that happen? And so I took those things and I took those steps. And first of all, when you have 30 kids in a classroom, you cannot sit individually with each of them, getting them to focus. Oh, yeah. It's an impossibility. Well, and I'm going to say, even if you have two kids Mm -hmm. that are trying to do their homework at the same time, you cannot give the individual attention to each child. You are only one person. Yeah, you are only one person. And we hear a lot of stories from families who have like three or four kids. And it's just a hair pulling experience trying to get each of them focused on different amounts of homework, all at different levels of like independence from the kids. And it's maddening. And just thinking about it like sends my anxiety level soaring. I'm laughing because it reminds me of that. What is it? A nursery rhyme about the little Dutch boy who had to put his finger to plug the dam. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you get your finger over one hole where the water where the water is squirting out, then another one starts. So then you put your other finger there and then another one starts and then you put your foot here. And it's like by the end, you're like you said, you're pulling your hair out. That's and how it is. It yeah. never gets better. And meanwhile, you're trying <laughs> to juggle your own work. You are trying to probably cook dinner for the family too. Uh, If you're the parent helping in the afternoon during homework, you're probably also the parent responsible for dinner. Right. All of these things. And it just becomes so much and so stressful. uh, And homework just becomes this miserable experience for everybody. And so I'm going to stop right there because I really, really want to like hammer this point home. Homework doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And Bree's smiling at me and she's like, it does not have to be that way. You do not have to put yourself through this. And the answer is not totally forgetting all the homework your kids have to do or taking them out of school and homeschooling them. Side note, if you've always wanted to homeschool your kids, then yes, totally homeschool your kids. But do not feel like you have to to take this misery of homework away. Right. I think that that's one of those kind of overcorrections. In some cases, I feel like sometimes we feel like as parents, we have to control this because it's our... And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean it in a like, okay, I'm the adult. I have to be in charge of this. I have to help control it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that pendulum swings. We just think to ourselves, okay, so since I can't control what the school's doing in terms of homework, I'm just going to take over the whole learning process. Yeah. And I think that it's possible that some people have jumped into that and then been like, what in the world did I get myself into? Homeschooling's hard. Like yeah. homeschooling's hard. That's not an easy feat, I don't think. I would never want to homeschool my kids. I know that I am not cut out for it. I, I could teach 30 kids in a classroom, but I cannot homeschool my own children. Well, and it's, again, <laughs> we're not saying that that's not, not the right thing for some people, no. but I, it, and it is, but sometimes that can be our overcorrection thought of like, I'll just do it myself and it'll be so much easier. Yes. It's more of a, if you feel forced into homeschooling and it's not like a choice that you right. have made intentionally, that's what we're examining right here. 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, some things that we have heard about homework, sometimes our kids work through the tears and they were tired because there was so much homework. They had no time to play, no time to relax their minds of school stuff, which I could say I, I totally thought too when I saw my daughter struggling through kindergarten homework. And also again and again, parents are saying that kids cannot literally not focus without constant supervision. Right. Which is not what what it's supposed to be like. It's not what it's supposed to be like. So here are the three things to expect from your kid's homework routine. And usually if you're having a really, really hard time with the homework routine, it's one of these three areas that if you just focus in on and work on improving that, you're going to see the whole thing improve. All right, let's roll this out, man. So as a broad overview, we're going to be talking about mindset, organization, and motivation. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say that first one, mindset, Mindset. I think was my problem when my kids were younger. So mindset is so, so key. I mean, it sounds like this kind of floofy kind of area, but usually when your mindset is right, the rest of your life falls into place. That's very true. Because one of the mistakes we make as parents is we think that we have to take on everything. And in doing so, we don't put any responsibility on our children. Well, I think part of that is a little bit of a societal expectation these days. When your child uh, misbehaves or when they don't get, if they are not doing well at school, we feel judged. We do. We feel like people are going, well, that parent's not a good parent. You know, that parent's not doing a good job because their child is misbehaving. That parent's not doing a good job because their child is getting C or gosh, 
even sometimes a B in math. What would people think? Oh my goodness. And yeah, I know. <laughs> so I like hear those and I'm like, other people's opinions, throw them away. Right. But it has an impact on mindset, doesn't it? Sometimes it does have an impact on mindset if you let it, if you let it have an impact on mindset. Know that you are totally in control of whether you take in other people's opinions or not. Usually when um, the only thing that has kind of like fortified me against other people's opinions is all of this background research and motivation mindset and uh, how kids need to take responsibility to be self-motivated and also how parents who take over too much, their kids end up not being really great functioning adults because they don't know how to survive in the real world. Because they're used to mom and dad taking care of it. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to say like when you said the background, like knowing all this background research, that little star from from, like NBC back in the day, the more you know. And always play it after (laughs) Saved by the Bell. And what was the other one? It was like California (laughs) something. What was that show called? California Dreams or California... It was something. I don't, but I just remember it being on Saturday mornings. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Yeah. So anyway, but you're right, 100%. So I, I got stuck in that mindset when my kids were younger that I had to be in control of what was going on. I had to manage it because they weren't able to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I wasn't supporting my kids and teaching them those life skills. So, yeah. yeah. And I think also like from my teaching background, I know in the classroom, like I have seen so many different personalities of kids and and worked with so many different personalities of kids that I know it's the kid and it's not the parent because I could have siblings go through my class and they would be totally different from one another. Same home environment. And those were mine. Totally <laughs> different. Right. So at that point, it's like it is not parenting here. It is just this kid's individual personality. We work with that and we improve from there. So mindset is so important, especially when it comes to your kids. Your kids need to have a good mindset. There are two kinds of mindsets talked about by Dr. Carol Dweck, who's kind of the founder of this theory. It's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And if you listen to No Guilt Mom, you've or heard it a lot. Read, yeah, or yeah. read any of our stuff, <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about this. This is a Proven theory, growth mindset versus fixed. So fixed mindset is the belief that you are smart as you are ever going to be. And this is what really gets kids. When they run into like a struggle in their homework or a struggle anytime in their lives, if they are breaking down and crying and just cannot go on, they probably have a fixed mindset. Right, right. And I and you hear it. This these are the times that you hear your kids say, I'm just not good at math. Yeah. I just don't know math. I'm just stupid. I'm stupid. I can't figure this out. That's the fixed mindset talking. Now the good news is is that you're not born or stuck with the same mindset your entire life. You can change it. And the one way you can change it is just knowing that the other one exists and it's a thing. So you could teach your kids about the growth mindset. You could teach yourself about the growth mindset. And all that is, is thinking of the mind like a muscle. The more it's challenged, the stronger it gets, and the more it learns. So when we look at problems from the growth mindset, we're like, oh, this is a problem I can't do yet. And that's the important word, yet. That should be the motto. The I, mo- I can't do it yet. Yes, I can't do it yet. I can't finish this yet. But you know what? If I work at it, I'm going to get it. And that's the growth mindset. And I think even as a parent, us putting that into our vocabulary more often. Yeah. Trying to think about saying that and saying it out loud to our kids. Man, I can't do this yet. 
but I'm going to work at it and I'm going to get there. It's hard because we really verbally abuse ourselves as parents. Like yeah. we call ourselves, we're like, we're such bad moms. I mean, how often do you hear that from people? I'm oh. such a bad mom. Oh, I think there's a couple of movies about that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's like if we're not perfect, we tell ourselves that we're no good. And that's not the case at all. That's the fixed mindset talking. Right. I would venture to say I'm a better mom than I was when my kids were first born. Oh, yeah. I have learned. Learning and like putting that into action. And we also see what works and doesn't work. Right. And you know what? And I will use this as as a perfect example. Even though my background is in early childhood, I did it before I had my kids. So I I have a lot of background in that area. Like I just mentioned before from my own experience, when my kids were younger, I was taking on too much. I felt like it was my job to control everything. I didn't, I had a fixed mindset about what my kids were capable of doing. But since I learned more and actually implemented more of the growth mindset and also gave that information to my kids that you can grow, you can learn more, you're going to know more. It has extremely changed their ability to to handle things on their own. They can do so much more. Yeah. I love it. Like you see it and you just want to be like, I want to hug you. And your heart bursts with joy because you see your kids handling things on their own that before they really, really struggled with. But it was because of the struggle that they can now do it on their own. Like the struggle is necessary. Right. And growth mindset isn't, I mean, it's a lifelong thing, but it doesn't take a lifelong to see its positive effects. No, it doesn't. You can probably see its positive effects immediately just knowing about the two different mindsets because kids could check themselves and they'd be like, oh, wait. Is this the growth mindset right now? Or is this just the fixed mindset? Is this just a story I'm telling myself that's not true? There was a study that you've quoted before about a group of students that were told about growth mindset. It was in the book, okay. Mindset right. by Carol Dweck. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. They, they like separated out a middle school class and they talked, they, they taught them each individually, like these two groups, same subject material, but one group they told about the fixed and growth mindset and the other group they told nothing to. And at the end of the six weeks, the group that knew about the growth mindset actually scored better than the group that did not, like significantly better. Man, the power of the mind. It is mine because we all tell ourselves stories that aren't true and these stories hold us back. And right now, the stories that you're telling yourself about your kids' homework, how they cannot focus unless they have your constant supervision, it is a story. It is really a story. And how like they can't do their homework without their teacher providing exact step-by-step instructions, that is a story as well. Because the struggle is where the growth happens. Right. And when your kids are struggling, it does not mean somebody did something wrong or that you did something wrong. It does not mean that you did something wrong. Like you have not done anything wrong if they are struggling. Yeah, they should be struggling. They should be struggling. There needs to be a struggle. It's expected. And once they get through the struggle, they're going to have this brand new skill and they're going to be able to do things more on their own. But they really have to believe it. And they have to trust in themselves. And that's where mindset is so important. The next area is organization. I mean, how many times have you gone through the house for 20 minutes looking for a number two pencil? (laughs) So your kids can do their homework. Or you find it. And it's broken. It's broken. And there's no pencil sharpener. Yeah. You find another one and it's got the pencil, but it has no eraser. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. You need things. Yeah. So there are two things there. I did this too. I did this with my daughter. I looked all through the house for a number two pencil. And I was, why am I looking for a pencil? Like, this is not my homework. This is not my responsibility. True. And as many times as I would supply a pencil, guess what? The next day, the pencil will be gone again. Right. 
because I wasn't using the pencil. I wasn't responsible for putting away. It was my daughter, but she wasn't responsible for putting away either because guess what? Mom was going to find her a brand new pencil the next day if she lost it. Exactly. It's funny how moms like we are the what is oh man, what is that thing? It's like um, uh, it's almost like find my iPhone type thing. Yeah. Like you you have these little uh, remotes you can put on things and you hit the button and it goes beep, beep, beep. I swear to swear Lord, moms are the living embodiment of those beep, beep, beep. beep. Just looking for, yeah. just And it's, it's the kid's responsibility to keep their organization and their supplies together. But you're like, okay, okay. I, I hear that. But then I try to make it happen and they can't find anything. They can't do their homework. They like end up in a crying mess. Like, what do I do then? Right. So what do you do when you've got a kindergartner that can't find anything? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So what we did is we went to Target and we bought like a cute little supply box. She picked it out. It was like pink. Everything's pink. She picked it out. And then we came home and I'm like, okay, what do you usually need for your homework? And she was able to tell me, she's like, oh, I need like a pencil. I need some colored pencils. I need some scissors. I need an eraser. We bought all that stuff from Target. And then I typed up a little list that we posted right to the lid of the supply box. And so every day she needed to check off with her little dry erase marker that each of those supplies was back in the supply box. And that was my job at the end of homework. I'm like, okay, did you check your list? That was it. All you did is walk her through the prompts. She Rocked did all her the, through the process. Herself. Yeah. And that was probably a week. And then after a week, she just kept putting the stuff back in the box and she back learned. in the box. She, she learned, learned a new skill. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she didn't keep with that checklist forever. It's not like today, my daughter, who's now a seventh grader, goes through and she's like, oh, I have this. Nope, she doesn't do that. But she is conscious of where she puts her supplies. Right. And she knows where to find them. She knows where to find them because she knows it is her responsibility. It is not my responsibility to put them away. And so that is a big thing. Organization, kids keep track of their own supplies. You just kind of give them a structure at first to go off of. Right. And I think that a big key there too on getting the buy-in with that is that you gave your kid choices. Oh yeah. Pick out the box. She got a she got a pretty box. Pick out what you want to put in the box. Oh my gosh. And my daughter is she loves office supplies as much as I love office supplies. So like <laughs> going into Target and being like, ooh, look at these pens and look at this one and look at the yeah. So she she really likes all that stuff. And my son to some extent too, like when we went through the process with him, he picked out like a cool like monster pencil box. And I know, I like his pencil box. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So have them keep track of their own supplies and you will see that you are no longer searching the house for all the supplies anymore. It is their job. So we have mindset. We have organization. What's next? Motivation. Motivation. So going back to that mindset of, you know, it's all the parents' responsibility that kids do their homework, Mm -hmm. which is just a story. It's just a story. It's not a true story. I know. We need to let go of that. It is not a true story. Uh It is not your responsibility to do for your kids' homework. (laughs) We release you. (laughs) We release you. I I like read stuff online all the time and I like bang my head against my desk because I see stuff like, oh yeah, I just did all my fifth graders math homework. And I'm like, why did you do all your fifth graders math homework? That's really going to help him out when he has his test. (laughs) Yeah. It's like... I don't don't do your fifth graders math homework Um, because honestly teachers don't care if the homework is done if the student did not do the homework like yeah it really like teachers would just look at you and being like why why did you do that it doesn't help them it doesn't help the teachers because the teachers don't know where the kids are still struggling because they bring back this perfect homework they're like everybody's good right yes so If you feel like it's your job to motivate your kids to finish doing homework, it's just a story. It's just a story. Um, It was a story I was telling myself too at the beginning. It was a story Brie was telling telling herself. Yep. It's just a story. You do not need to motivate them to finish their homework. If they don't finish their homework, their homework's not done. That's it. There's no crushing blow coming down and going to smite you for being a bad parent whose kid does not finish their homework. Believe it or not, the teachers will not be in the teacher's lounge th- that afternoon Being having like, their oh, coffee talking about you. I can't believe Bree <laughs> did not make her daughter finish her homework. That was <sighs> that conversation does not happen. It doesn't right. happen. And I, kn- I know that also there's this fear that all the other parents judge you and that it's so easy in other families' households. And why isn't it easy in yours? And you might be feeling that, oh my gosh, I'm all alone and this is like this is it. Like, I'm just a failure. I'm a failure as a parent. But you're not alone. But you're, you're not alone. And so many of us secretly hide that guilt with us. And if you are in that kind of judgy society where everyone's like, well, my child did this and my child, guess what? They're lying. <laughs> I know, right? Because any judgy society like that, they are covering up something big. Like there is no Okay, well, you know what? I'll even say like, so we have our group of mom friends and I would, and if I'm reflecting back to elementary, because again, that's where we had more of our, our homework struggles. I would say that my kids did their homework well. But in reality, there were plenty of days where we had struggles. Yeah. Plenty of them. Plenty. But it's just not what, but I'm like, but I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, overall they did well. Yeah. 
And so my, my, that's exactly the point of like what you're saying. Like I was covering up, not purposefully in that situation. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't thinking about the times that they had struggles or I felt like, oh yeah, well we had struggles last year, but we're past that. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe the friend I'm talking to, their kid is a year behind. Yeah. Right. Like they're, they're in the spot where they need more help. And it's a bumpy road when you first start it. It is. When you're not quite sure what to do, but you know what? That's why we're here. That's why we're helping you guys, man. We're here. And I know, I know that you don't like it when I tell you, when I tell people that the judgy people are lying because you're like, maybe they're not lying. Maybe they're not lying. But you're right. No, no. But some are. Some are like, yeah, are like, I'm going to give you this really happy, rosy picture because that's what I want people to think. Well, yeah. So there are some things like that. And there are also like people who just, it's a lie of omission, but not like conscious thing. It's a, you know, we're okay right now, but not mentioning the struggle that you went through right. to get to the okay right now exactly. because there is always always a struggle now the good thing about this is that when we're all open with our struggles and if you try like all the things and you, you you've tried the organization and things are happening and you think maybe there's something else going on that is when you could talk to the teacher and tell them exactly what's happening at home There are other reasons that kids don't do homework fast or don't focus. It could be that, you know, mindset could be an issue, which I believe it is an issue for for many kids, but there could also be other issues. Like maybe they just need a little more help in reading and support at that stage in the game. Yeah. And that's a good time to bring that up with the teacher and say that. But also like, I feel like we need to take the stigma away from kids struggling in homework. It is okay to struggle in homework, but it is not okay to accept that as your reality and to think that it always has to be that way because it does not and it is possible to change it. It is possible to have your kids be self-motivated throughout homework. We have a course here at No Guilt Mom called Homework 911, which takes kids through all of these steps. And the kids who go through this program, I mean, parents start the program and their kids are refusing to do homework. They're crying. Mm -hmm. They're like on the floor. And it's this like mind shift the kids go through where all of a sudden they're like, my homework's done. I just did it. Yeah, I can. Oh, I have choices. I can take control of this. And they do. They They step up. They step up big. The stories that parents tell us from the course, I'm like, wow. Like you're you're like, I I, I knew these were effective, but to actually hear it and see it, it's it's just it's moving. It is. It's moving. It is. It can change in your home. But first, you really need to believe it's possible because if you don't believe it's possible, it it won't happen because every step along the way, your mind is going to throw curveballs at you that are going to sabotage self-sabotage exactly Mm -hmm. it's going to prevent you from taking the steps necessary to then get over the hurdle you're currently in so you need to believe it's possible and then second check these three areas the mindset the organization and the motivation knowing that it is not your job It is not your job to motivate your kids to finish homework. And I'm going to throw this out there. I feel like when, and this happened in our household, and I know I'm not alone Mm because I've talked to lots of people. So when my kids shifted from the elementary to the junior high set, Mm -hmm. they struggled a lot that year. Mm -hmm. And you know what a lot of it had to do with? Organization and mindset. Yeah, they kind of took like a step back. They knew it in elementary, but coming into junior high, uh, middle school, it it threw them for a loop. It for, was a new challenge, right? So same thing happened in our house, right? And yep. that's where actually we also have homework mastery. Homework mastery, which teaches the skills to middle schoolers about organization and mindset and note taking. Right, it gives them the planning. Tools. <laughs> yeah, long term planning. So those 
are actually coming up. They're going to be available really soon. February 1st, Homework 91 Homework Mastery opens for the week. It's open for a week. And then we shut it down again just so we can focus on everyone in the program. Whoop, whoop to opening. <laughs> so right now, your next steps. If you're struggling with your homework, make sure you sign up for Homework Simplified. That is our free parent program you're gonna want to be in there because Bree and I do these live video sessions where we have dance parties oh weird is fun weird is fun people fun <laughs> and we do live Q&A's as well so any struggle that you're having in homework we are there to help you right there so please come because we would love to meet you as well you know be online friends come join our Facebook world come join <laughs> us and then keep an eye out for uh, homework 91 homework masteries opening in February which it's just I hesitate using this word but it really is it's a life-changing course for oh families oh my god that's the exact same thing I was thinking yeah just wow just <laughs> the stories we have from people whose kids have had the course it is life-changing because it's completely changes the dynamic in their home they're no longer fighting with their kids about homework they to actually enjoy their children after school so it's big yeah and you get your evenings back you get your that's a huge thing (laughs) they're not dominated by homework hell nope so until next time remember the best mom is a happy mom take care of you and we'll talk to you later thanks for stopping by No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.